Welcome back to the Big Brown Sack. You're with Day and Joe and a very special guest all the way from the OC, the one and only OC. Yeah. My mother, a.k.a. Tammy, a.k.a. Tampster, and on bad days, Tampon. Woohoo! Wow! Welcome wow. to the podcast, Mom. She went there right in the introduction. Right wow. There it is. What's this podcast going to be like? Well, there's a little taste. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> right out of the well, gate. Um, oh, it's adorable. Well, our my, when we were talking about this today because I call my mom Tamster. Do you think I call you Tamster more often than Mom? I don't know. It depends on your mood sometimes. Yeah. If I'm in a silly, goofy mood, I'm like, Tamster, Tamster. Sometimes you'll answer the phone and it's Tamster. I mean, a lot it's mom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and my mom asked me in the car today. We were driving. We took a little, like, day trip. And she was like, who came up with Tamster? Was it you? I feel like it was someone else. And it was someone else. It was one of my best girlfriends in high school. Samantha, shout out. She shout out. named you Tamster. Mm-hmm. And then I told you, and behind your back, <laughs> when we were teenagers, <laughs> when you would get us in trouble or not let us do things, we'd call you Tampon. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember when I first, I must have suppressed that because you had told me that before. <laughs> I have totally told you that And before. then I heard it again today, and I was like, wow. But it's also funny, and I, you had said that it was because sometimes she would get irritated with me because I she felt like I was kind of strict but I you were well I mean I was in high school you were I mean Uh, yeah mm. you're so many things okay so you were two things you were many things at once what do you guys always say many things are true and at the same time that is something that my mother has always said one of her life lessons to me and I repeat it all the time is you can be two things Two things can always be true at once, or many things can be true at once. So you were strict and you were not strict. And we will let Joe speak in this podcast. We'll see. I don't know. I have a feeling it's going to be all you and me. <laughs> He's going to get like 10 Can we talk about how she's a different person than she was just 10 minutes ago? I mean, You're literally falling asleep like, on the couch 10 minutes ago. I told you, you give you her a, a mic. <laughs> And it's on, baby. It's, it's on. It's on. Should I just it was go like take a, a nap? Or? <laughs> it was like a light switch. Yeah. Like she was good to go. I yeah, like. I'm the, ready to rock. I, I do have some input. Yeah, I, I like I, the sound of my voice in my ear. It amps me up. <laughs> you put. Me, if I'm not in the mood to pod, just throw some headphones on. Give me a mic. Just let me hear my voice She's pulse through ready my ears. to go. Ready to rock. Well, <laughs> while I have some time before you guys go on a rant and I end up just putting the microphone down and going upstairs until this thing's over in eventually two or three hours. Yeah, yeah. I do have a question, and I'm glad you brought up the tamsterisms. A tamsterism <laughs> of two things can be true at once. Yeah. There's a tamsterism that I say. It's Which something is, I learned it, from you. This is his word for what I coin or you've coined as helpful tips by Tammy. Right. Tamsterism. Okay. What do you like better, tamsterism or helpful tips by Tammy? I don't care. I'm happy to be mentioned. <laughs> so this is a HTBT, a helpful tip by Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a little HTBT for you. Um, one thing that you ha- that Dana told me that you tell her that mm-hmm. I it has really stuck with me is unpack your suitcase. And literally and metaphorically. So literally, if you're on a trip, even if you're there for a weekend, mm-hmm. unpack the suitcase, be where your feet are. Mm-hmm. And then figuratively, in moments of life where maybe you wish you were somewhere else or wish you were doing something else, unpack your suitcase and be where you are. I think about it a lot. And I hmm. have, how many times have I said it to you, Day? Many times. He says it all the time. Every time we go somewhere, we have a suitcase. He goes, we got to unpack it. Got to unpack it. Throw the things on the hangers. Be where you are. Get settled. Yep. Yeah. It's good to be where your feet are. He mentions it a lot. Yeah, he mm-hmm. mentions that a lot. But okay, anyway. Does that, we'll be, does that still ring true to you? Like, Does that bring up any emotion for you yeah, when you say no, that? Yeah, I, no. I mean, I can't remember when I would have specifically said that to you. But it's like yeah, something I, I say. What, what the situation was where my mom gave you that advice. Or I was probably going on some rant about washing the dishes. Like when you're watching, because I talk about this, like... When you're washing the dishes, just wash the dishes. Mm. Like, 
you know, especially now we're so checked out on our phones. Like I'm so addicted to this stupid phone that I have to like, is it now just if you're going to be on TikTok, just be on TikTok. <laughs> like that yeah. doesn't seem to be hard to do, right? <laughs> but all these other things that, you know, when you're driving, just drive. When you're washing the dishes, just wash the dishes. Mm-hmm. But the unpacking is, you know, people don't unpack and it's like, that physical action helps you kind of ground yourself and get where you're going to be. Totally. I could also imagine that you may have said that to us in a literal sense during COVID because there were a lot of times during COVID where we'd come down and stay with you for Mm. extended periods Mm -hmm. of time. I think we'd been at your house, Joe and I, living in your home in Orange County for like, I think the longest stint was probably like three weeks maybe. I loved COVID. Um, (laughs) so much company and it was great when there shouldn't be any company (laughs) there's so I mean I am sure there's a lot of parents out there that felt like that was a huge bonus to COVID like our adult children could come home for more than a holiday weekend it was amazing yeah. Yeah. I remember. This is Channel 4 Action News. We are asking locals around the area, how has COVID affected you? Ma'am, excuse me, how has COVID affected you? I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm I not see my just... kids all the time. They need me again. The best thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> I mean, I ordered HelloFresh so I could have something to cook. <laughs> which, is, which is sponsoring this podcast. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like that was really cool. And you got to know Joe really well mm-hmm. during that time, which you wouldn't have gotten to know him. Him no. in that in any other circumstance so true no I mean I wouldn't have got I would have known Joe from holidays visiting up here but not the kind of way that we got to know each other in that situation and yeah. with you meeting him up here um I mean it would have been distant for many years that way yeah. so I yeah. you know for me it was great yeah like at this point even though we've been dating for years you guys would still be like being cordial with one another and like po- extra polite you You're know probably right whereas like now we're like super cool and can all relax and be ourselves but what was your first impression impression of joe when you first met him oh gosh Do you or remember? when we first started dating i don't know because there was a time where you met him and we were friends i'm wondering when the first time was that i met joe i think i had heard so much about joe because he was, you know, one of the seven dwarfs. Mm-hmm. So I had heard a bunch about... You might have to do a little backstory of what you mean by the seven dwarfs. Yeah. And it's so not... Because this is an audio podcast. I am, I am, you know, average height. I'm. You're you know. a good height. Today <laughs> okay. we established that the shirt we bought you fit. And yep. Yeah. And totally. And it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, when Dana started working at the company where you guys met... In her group that um, was, you know, the group that I, we call class. them co- cohorts mm. in my line of work, a cohort. Mm-hmm. It was Dana and seven guys. And so I termed them Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Hilarious. And because, you know, she's all that in the bag <laughs> of chips. And then there's these seven dorks that she's working with. And I would More see... More like the seven dorks. I would yeah. see pictures we on... We that today. Yeah. <laughs> we did say hey. that today, but I, I edited myself. It's only funny myself. when I say it. Yeah, yeah I edited myself today. Um, <laughs> but I would see pictures of Dana and all these boys on rooftop parties and all these places. And Greg, I would show Greg and, you know, look at this. You know, here's Dana and these seven dwarfs. And, and he started noticing as time went by that there was always one dwarf that was around. <laughs> and um, so Greg knew well before I did, I think. <laughs> might have, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I don't remember thing. the exact um, trip that I yeah, met I'm Joe. Sure. I don't remember. So clearly I left a very impactful <laughs> first impression. No, I think I'd probably, I don't know, I probably saw you on a FaceTime first or something. So I don't when know. you're describing to your friends, mm. like who your daughter's dating, what kind of words do you use? Oh, I say he's so fun and outgoing. And I love like that he's one of these people that wake up happy and optimistic and has energy and like has a joy for living Um, because that is what I think 
really helps also build a life with somebody is when you're with somebody that can can bring that out in you. Mm -hmm. And I have that in my life now. And it just it lifts my mood up and makes me happy. So for me to see that with you and your partner, it makes me very happy. So when I describe you, I say, Oh, he's, you know, really smart. He's got this great job. But mostly it's about he's fun. And Mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's funny. And he has, he has a joy for life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you're a ray of sunshine. Well, thank you for saying that 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 is really sweet thank you all right no. question right back to you maybe when wait you're maybe i'll call him <laughs> joe mchappy <laughs> yeah, i love that Got <laughs> joe a little happy meal yeah 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 um okay question right back at you when you let's say you you're you're talking to a family member or a friend and they say what's dana's mom like what kind of words come up in your mind not to put you on the spot love mm-hmm. Like she, mm-hmm. like I, she genuinely loves and cares about you so much, mm-hmm. and you can just really tell, and that's the best. That's all you can ask for yeah. out of a parent is just unconditional love. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this actually bleeds into something I want to talk about. A lot of people I know don't, especially girls, don't have great relationships with their with their moms. Mm-hmm. It happens a lot. You two have seemed to pull it off of having a great relationship with one another. What do you think is, what do you think, why has it been able to last between Mm. the two of you? How have you Mm. maintained such a great relationship over the years? Yeah, I'll start. Okay. Um, You, especially as a teenager, which are very complex years, uh for a young gal you real did a really good job at making a very safe space for me to come to you and trust you and ask you questions that were would be really scary to ask and you were you just you just created such a safe space for me where I never felt judged or like punished or shamed for anything I told you you were only ever happy that I was like telling you something and like keeping you in the loop. Mm-hmm. And so that helped me see you as someone who I can lean on as like a partner in life and not just like as my mom. I also love to be loved by you. I love to need you. So like, you know, hey, mom. The IRS is saying, I owe them $20,000. I'm going to need you to take this one off my hands. Okay? So you realize the necessity <laughs> She's for a, a mother. Necessity. Yeah. And She's a necessity. When the IRS sure. comes knocking, you know who you're calling. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, a necessity. Yeah. So a combination of like, I, I, I need you. I still want to need you mm-hmm. whilst I'm 26 and very independent. It is nice to have those moments. And... You're really good at boundaries. You are very good at boundaries. If I set a boundary with you, like, uh, you're really good at just keeping boundary, I guess. Mm -hmm. And we can have really hard conversations with each other. So that's so nice, Dana. Thank you. Yeah. And you're funny. I am funny. Thank I don't you. think a lot of people would be like, yeah, mom, like come on my podcast. I've only done less than 10 episodes, but you know. <laughs> so why, what do you, what do you think? Do you, it's the same reasons or different? Yeah. I, um, I know that like Dana was an easy kid. Um, and even, even a pretty easy teenager. I mean, there were moments, right? Like what? Well, <laughs> let me go back to when she Stand was a kid. <laughs> kid for a minute. Dana, yeah, let's just go through each phase of my life. Yeah. So Dana, like <laughs> I, I, because I was coming on here and I, you guys had invited me to do that. I started to like really remember and, you know, get myself back into those moments because, you know, you're nearly 27 years old. So time has gone by. And I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> so um, 
I thought about her as like a baby. I thought about her as a toddler. Like I really went through it. And the overall theme is, is that she was what we found out on that brain MD thing we did. <laughs> is she was actually a really balanced kid. She was a balanced baby. She was a balanced toddler. I mean, she had some terrible two situations and things like that. But overall, she was happy. She, you know, was always singing. She would sing all the time. She yep, was that's still a thing for sure. <laughs> yeah. And it oh, I just loved it so much. I remember when she was getting ready to go away to college, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss all the singing in the house because she's just making up songs all the time from the time she was very little. So she just brought a lot of joy and life into the house. She doesn't just sing. She belts. Yeah, she I really, belts. really let it rip. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so she was easy on me, right? And so it wasn't, I can't even say it was a whole lot of work, but I can say that I was very intentional when those years were coming, because I knew those are the conscious years that kids remember you the most. What ages? You know, from, you know, they remember you when you're little, but you know, there's nothing really hard then unless there's the child's hard. But you know, from 12 on, kids are going to remember the situations with their parents. Mm. And it's going to kind of form your adult relationships with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and with other people. Yeah. It's very delicate. It's thing. delicate. Like parenting someone is no joke. So you, you would say the most, break things the most important years for a parent to really lock in are probably like 12 to 16. No, it's just a different locking in. I think, I mean, the brain is fully formed and you are going to be who you are. Mm-hmm. Not fully formed. No, it doesn't fully form until for a you're while, 25. Like 20, yeah. But I'm saying the, um, like the personality is there at a much younger age. I'm saying that the intentionality of those years, the ones leading up to adulthood, are really forming that relationship too. Like, yeah, everything before that, you're setting a tone in your home, you're doing all of that. But things are about to get hard. Like the hormones are going to start flowing. This person is going to not love you anymore. They're going to be hateful. They're going to want things from you all the time. Mm. And you're going to feel like a cash cow and a chauffeur. Mm. And you (laughs) have to be able to separate yourself from that, right? This is every kid. I mean, moms I talk to all the time feel like they're a chauffeur and they feel yeah. like all they do is hand out money. And so you have those years where you're giving a lot and you're getting nothing. next nothing. to nothing. nothing yeah. In return. yeah. And the little crumbs you do get, you're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Um, And this isn't particular to Dana. She called me mom instead of Tamster today. (laughs) You're like, that's a win. That's a win. But here's another 20. (laughs) Yeah. So you and Don got divorced when Dana was how old? We decided to get divorced uh, January of her junior year of high school. Okay. And so. Get divorced when Dana's in high school, but you maintained a friendship throughout that time. Yeah. I mean, well, we, well, one, I went to a therapist before we, you know, we wanted to make sure we were going down the road at not a terrible time. And it seemed like a terrible time, but it also seemed like it really needed to be done. And so I went and saw a therapist about that in particular question because we were both in agreement that we could wait until she was done with high school. And which what, a lot of parents do. My parents lot, were, were also trying to do that. A lot of parents are trying to do that. And um, you know, this is one therapist's opinion and I am not a therapist disclaimer, although I play one in real life, let me tell you. Um, I play many doctors in real life. My mm-hmm. friends could tell you that. But um, I went to a therapist, $400 an hour in Newport Beach. Yeah! I saw him one time. There are these therapists that you can go to that are like, you give them a question and they will give you the research-backed 
data on your situation. So you don't have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. Like they'll tell you what the research says about a thing. Now I could just ask ChatGPT, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I asked this guy, you know, is this kid better off us doing this now in the middle of her junior year when she's writing college essays or after she graduates from high school? And we're both willing to, you know, fake it till we get the there. The survey right? says... Mom, survey said... Nice. Survey says that when parents wait until their kids go away to college or graduate from high school, um, the data says, says that those kids are working that crap out in adulthood forevermore because they have so much pressure on them because they felt like their parents stayed miserable for them. And so there's even more pressure on them to like have their whole lives together. And because even more so, if you didn't already feel like your parents' world were revolving around you, definitely my generation behaved that way, then you're really going to feel that even more once those kids see, oh, I, they just stayed together for me. Like, what a sacrifice for me, right? So much burden on them. And so we went ahead and moved forward. Wow. Mm -hmm. Dawn was my best friend for 23 years, 24 years. And I was not willing to give that up just because we were getting divorced. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's so rare. It really is. It's so much easier to hate the person. So what was like the hardest part about raising me as a teen? Where What did you have the most trouble with? Where What did I cause most trouble? Like what areas? Um, There were boy troubles. I was boy crazy. I think the hardest thing I probably had to do during her high school years. And I mean, looking back now, I mean, it really was, you know, this was awful at at the time, looking back, I know it was the right decision. But in the middle of it, I was just like, I, I was tormented over this. And that is when I forced you to break up with a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was like, I was like, so tormented. But I was like, this is not good. She's forming relationships that are not healthy. I didn't want her <laughs> to start dating till she What's was his name? 16. And address? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want her to start dating till she was 16, but she fell for this kid before that. And, you know, what are you going to do? You know, I'm sure there's a lot of parents out there that are saying, tell her no. I mean, she's a good kid. She's saying she likes this kid. She's all, you know, goo goo gaga for him. And so we let her go down that road and, you know, it's breaking up and getting back together and, and just things that are not appropriate. And, I'm concerned that she's forming patterns in those kinds of relationships that are going to continue. Like I said earlier, that's my frame of mind, right? What kind of gets going in those formative years are really important. And so at some point I did, um, I did make the decision probably, I mean, I was probably in therapy and I probably said, this has got to stop. <laughs> and, uh, and we cut it off and she hated me. And she was very upset hate, for quite a long time. I hated you and dad because I knew dad had a lot to do with it too. Yeah, I was dad the messenger. Dad was very involved in that. I don't know. For some reason, I remember dad doing it. I remember being in your bedroom talking you through it. I don't know. Your dad might have a better memory of it. I know I was dealing with a lot of the ramifications and you you probably hated us both. But I know I felt your hatred and it was for a long time. And I I would say yeah. until you were well into adulthood, did you not understand that decision? Oh, no, I definitely didn't until like college. I was like, oh, I get it. But I was probably mad at you until I got another boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, you, you probably recovered pretty quick. Yeah, because I get boyfriends really quick. Are you jealous? Do you have feelings of jealousy hearing these things? Um, no, because I just remember myself at that age. Yeah. And I think back and, you know, I was doing all the same weird, dumb things. And <laughs> so Dana, question. I only think about those girls like once every two days. <laughs> <laughs> Dana, I have a question for you. Yeah. 
If you were in that same situation with a future daughter of yours, would you make the same call knowing what you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is really, this was a good conversation because this pretty much answered every question we got on the Instagram poll, which is what was Dana like as a teenager? Mm Mm-hmm. How did Tammy feel about Dana's ex-boyfriends? And how Mm -hmm. did she feel about Joe? Mm -hmm. Covered both of those things. Nice. And then how was Dana during puberty? Hmm. Which I think we covered all of that. What is, what's like, do you find yourself ever telling and retelling and retelling stories about Dana as a teenager? Is there one specific story that you find yourself telling more than others? Well, I didn't know if you wanted me to take you down with the driving. Your driving was for shit. Can you tell the story about how you caught me speeding? Yeah. So I guess probably looking back, the thing that was a continual situation with Dana was her driving. I mean, within a week of her getting her license and her driving, she had um, side swap, side swap, sides, side swiped, side swiped a brand new car. I want to say it was like a brand new key or something. It was a four door older lady. Dana calls me. Oh, my gosh. I've hit this car, whatever. And I go right I over. I still remember like where I was. And- he, I, he I remember car. every Shout time, every time I drive there, I think about it. And so I. Let's just say that while Dana was in high school, my insurance never went up because I was running around Orange County writing checks so that we wouldn't have to report accidents. <laughs> wow. We were talking about uh, how my parents committed insurance fraud in that way as well. Yeah. On a yeah. Earlier I feel really well. good about it. So you grew up in a family of insurance fraud as well. Yeah. Maybe that's why we love each other. Wow. Yeah. No, I mean, listen. I think the people that Dana hit, she was very lucky because they were always very forgivable. She's darling. She feels terrible. She takes immediate like, yeah, I did it. And then I would, mom's coming. Mind you, she handles objections for a living. Yes. And so, um, and so I don't, I never really classified it as insurance fraud, Joe. I, I mean, take I'm a, joking. I'm, I, I'm just joking. I'm joking. I, I just, you know, if... if uh, Not if we want to be technical. You know, I guess, I mean, listen, these were agreements between adults. One mom to a lady that Dana hit, right? Yeah. A Pittsburgh goodbye. A, a yeah. A handshake and a slap goodbye, on the back. That's right. So it's Dana. Well, Dana's driving to and from school after months of driving with me in the car back and forth to school. And... She's allowed to take the toll road to school, but not home from school. Because to school, I want you to get there on time. And she's a teenager, you know, hair, makeup, everything has to be done. But I need her to get there on time. Well, I don't know. I was just thinking, how is this girl not getting any tardies? Because she's leaving five minutes before that bell rings. There is no way in hell she is getting from my house to toll and exits down and to the high school right now she's got a fast car uh that was her grandmother's that she had always wanted it's a toyota solera and this thing hauls it's an eight cylinder and so i look on the toll road bill at some point and i see that she is getting on the toll road say at 708 and she is getting two miles down the road in like a minute And all of a sudden, I have my answer as to how this little girl is Mm. getting herself to school on time. Because you got the time. Yeah, every morning at 7.55 a.m., Dana Vodder transforms into Dom Toretto from The Fast and the Furious. (laughs) Yeah. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. It's about family and making it to school on time. (laughs) So I don't know what she did after that, but once she knew that I could see what she was doing all the time. Time stamps. The toll booth time stamp. Did it. Honestly, when I got home. So you knew she was going two miles in like one minute. In so quickly. When she brought this up to me, I was like, damn. Like, (laughs) yeah. Red handed. You got me. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you got me. Because I remember you brought it up to see if I'd, like, tell you if I was speeding or not. Uh You know? 
I don't remember. You like you were sneaky. You oh, had sneaky I? parenting. Oh, okay. you really did. Did I? You wouldn't straight up be like, "Hey, I saw on the toll road thing." Like you'd test me out to see how much oh, I'd bullshit yeah. you. Ah. You knew you had her. You're like, "Let's see where she goes with this." Yeah, dude. I you don't do that shit all the time for sure. For that's sure. Epic. That's epic. That's, that's great parenting in my opinion. Yeah, you know, yeah. I it's think a strategy. It, it's strategic. I think. I think it has to do a little bit with my grandma. My grandma used to say to me, she'd find stuff out around town, and she'd say something to me, and she'd go, "Like I what?" Have, she said, "I have eyes everywhere." She knew where I was out partying. She knew how who I was with. How do you think she knew? I don't. She know. literally had eyes. She probably had <laughs> eyes out everywhere in this small. She town. chipped you, and that's why you chipped me, and I have a chip. Yeah, maybe. You definitely did not have a chip. Yeah, my mom chipped me. No, I'd like to chip her. <laughs> I think she needs I'm a like chip. I'm like winking, mom. You need to chip me. <laughs> I, I would be, uh, hot take, you guys let me know in the comms, I would be down to get chipped. I'm fine with people knowing where I'm at. I, yeah, I'd she's, prefer it. She's, I'd feel a lot safer. You wouldn't be afraid though of like the government using it against you or something? The government would use my phone against me. If, yeah, I mean, you're like, being... What do you mean? They know like, where you're at all the time. Yeah, they all the like cameras all around. They can't... They, yeah. You can't well, hide. and I For, think the interesting thing too with Dana is she has never cared like when I know where she's at or like when she was in college, you know, find my phone. Like... You know, she never worried about that stuff. What are you going to do? We just, we just cared and wanted to know yeah. where she was. There was nothing. And I wanted to be known where I was. Yeah. One of my best girlfriends, you know who you are, Peyton, I'll just say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, I, I get a text from her, not lately because my, find my friends is like down. It's being weird. I have to like re update my phone or something, but I'll get like a, a text a month from her saying like, hey, I see you're at this park. Like, you good? She's checking my location like four times a day. I just found out mm -hmm. that out like last year. I'm like, wait, really? She's like, yeah, she, you never check mine. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, why? I feel better. We live in two different states. It's I so feel cute. Better. I love it. I feel better knowing that Peyton is momming harder than I am at this point. <laughs> yeah. So she's taking all the pressure off me. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, be right back. Gotta pee. Okay. I can, we can do this part without Dana. All right. Although we miss you already, Day. Yay. Miss you already. Have a good twink. Thank you. Um, so I think it would be helpful for you to understand our demographic of audience. So I want to oh, read yeah. you. That's where we were at. According to Spotify, 59% of our audience is between the ages of 23 and 27. 34% of our audience is between 28 and and 34 so that's the bulk of our audience is in that group and i think the three percent in the larger groups is probably you don and my mom yeah i think that's who's doing that <laughs> and we're listening to them two and three times yeah, yeah yeah so um and then gender wise we have a this is this is as close as it's ever been a 57% female audience and a 43% male audience. We do not have any non-binary or non-specified listeners as mm -hmm. of right now. Mm -hmm. But let us know how we can branch out. Um, but so pretty even split. Yeah. Male, female, mostly within the age range of 23 to 34. Right. Knowing what you know now, mm. if you could go back mm. to yourself in the 23 to 34 age range mm -hmm. and you could slip yourself a note mm. of advice of what you know now that you wish you knew then what would you write on your note i was gone and i went pee and you were asking that question the entire time yeah yeah he set it up with the demographic um, well, first of all, I want to say that I think that demographic is really reflective of your guys's supportive friend groups. Yeah, like totally. you both have a nice, you know, Dana's got this eclectic group kind of from all over. And so do you, Joe, mm -hmm. um, people that, you know, have really supported and loved you guys. And so I think it's really nice that it's split that way. Um, what would I tell myself? Hmm. Well, your dad has a saying. Uh-oh. And 
I don't know. Lately, I've decided I don't know if I like it, but it does resonate here, which is if everything's going to be okay in the end, it's okay right now. You just haven't noticed it yet. I think that for me, I would slip myself a note that said, have fun. Don't take yourself too seriously. And just unpack your suitcase. Wow. I love the circle back. That's what we're talking about. That's a pro podcast move. That's a callback if I've ever heard one. (laughs) Yeah, you you really do have so many gems and they are hard to think of on the spot. Like I try to like, you know, I've been trying to think of all the things that you've taught me. You just have some seriously fire one liner. That was another HTB, HTB. BT. Yeah. That was another, mm-hmm. and that was another HTBT right here on the Big Brown side. Well, your dad will claim that one and we'll let him have it because it comes from somebody else Fine, more famous we'll than your dad. dad. But yeah. it is, the, that stuff for me is true. What I said about have fun, don't take yourself too seriously and unpack your mm-hmm. suitcase. That's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. So, mom, enough about the past. Yeah. Let's talk about the future. Let's do it. What do you have coming up that you're looking forward to? Because that's another Tamsterism. Hmm. of always have something to look forward to yeah well is that an hdbt well i'll tell i mean everything i know i stole from other people (laughs) so just like that's how we all get to know things Mm -hmm. right when we talk about storytelling yeah my mom doesn't have one original thought in her body i really don't (laughs) i mean sometimes i do i mean i could go on and on about that idea but Everything that I know, I learned from other people telling me stories, just like kind of what your podcast is like telling stories, right? And we, we don't know. Well, I kind of that's think that's where we're at is. right now. <laughs> I mean, for me, that's what it is. I feel yeah. like I'm telling stories. And so you're telling great stories, by the way. Yeah. And thank you, Joe. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I am. Anyway, Who's not to like this guy, right? <laughs> um, Well, my mom, after my father died, had her longest next relationship was a guy named Jerry. And, you know, he's like your mom's boyfriend, right? You take him, you leave him, whatever. That's not how I feel about you, Gregory, now. Don't worry. Yes. And Gregory is my mom's boyfriend. He's going to be all over. His actual name is Greg. (laughs) Greg. Shout out Greg. Shout out Greg. Talk about. But if you break my mom's heart, this podcast is going off the record. We're deleting it and there's never going to be a lick of your existence anywhere near that. So that's pretty much how daughters feel about the boyfriends of their (laughs) mothers. Yeah. I will say, I don't want you to lose your train of thought, but I know Greg is going to listen to this. And when you were talking about waking up happy and being positive and being optimistic, Mm -hmm. come on. Yeah, that's that guy, right? I know. Love him. <laughs> Love that guy. Okay, go on. Okay, so he does Jerry, take a lot of naps, though. Well, he's he's getting old. It's <laughs> getting old. He needs a day nap. Day needed to humble him a little with the nap thing. Yeah, yeah. Also, when that guy goes to bed and he hits the bed, <laughs> he's out. He's out like a light. I'm like, God, if I, if only, I'd give anything to sleep like that. He's asleep. I'm sitting there another hour. It's incredible. Yeah. It's talented. Jerry, God rest his soul. He did say, to be happy, you need three things. Now, Jerry said this, but recently I saw this in an article. So it was either Jerry read it somewhere else. Jerry stole it from someone just like Jerry probably stole it from somebody else or whoever wrote this article stole it from Jerry. We'll never know. This is storytelling, right? Mm -hmm. A classic chicken or the egg. Who knows? Okay, so to be happy in life, you need three things. Someone to love, something you love to do, and something you're looking forward to. And so that's what, you know, that that's what you're really aiming for here. And so that would be I don't know why we started on that. But that was one of my I was other... asking you what what you're what are you looking forward to? So mm-hmm. let's go through each. So mm-hmm. something someone to share it with. Yeah, that's Gregorino. I have Gregorino. Yeah, that's fantastic. And yeah. that means to you that means like someone to share it with who's romantic, intimate yeah, I, and like, a you know, I think a, for most of your life, it's a romantic partner that you're looking for. Yeah. Okay. So you have someone to share it with yeah. and then 
the second one. Don't Some, tell me. Don't tell me. I'm trying to work on my memory. <laughs> something you love to do. Something you love to do. Which is listen to this podcast. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Listen so to this all podcast. Good there. As all good there. Often as possible. I just found out that my mom listens to each episode multiple times. So our views that we're really excited about, I think like 30% of them are mine. Well, I listen <laughs> to it. it. Keep it going. I listen to it on YouTube. So you get the YouTube hit. <laughs> then I turn it on Spotify. So yeah. you get Spotify it. Then I call Greg and I say, Greg, don't forget to listen to the yep. kids. Yep. Yeah. The Lord's work. Yeah. People. And, and then as soon as the demographic starts hitting those, the, you know, over 40 people, then we'll know that my girlfriends have finally started listening because I'm Let's sharing go. it yeah, all the time. Yeah, you fake bitches. You know who you are. Yeah. You know you oh, are. Or maybe you don't because you're not listening to this podcast, so we're calling you on. You don't even know. Oh, can I come on as a guest? How many episodes have you listened to? None. Yeah. See ya, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so something I love to do, I have lots of things I love to do. Um, you know, I love to walk and talk with my girlfriends. I love to play games and playing games all the time. I games. Mm-hmm. You're right. You love to play games. Love to play games. Rummy's one of your faves. Yes. I think we ended up evening out this week. Yeah, we evened out over the weekend. You did really good. And I, you did so well this weekend. I even asked you, have you and Joe been playing? But you had That's not. Right. I was crushing her in some rounds. Mm-hmm. She didn't have anything on me but there were a few rounds where i was just like can we just stop this round because you're winning you're you've won yeah let's just cut cut to the chase here but sometimes it's just practice but when i'm crushing you i'm like no bitch we're finishing this shit yes well because it's practice even when somebody else is winning it's good to practice mm-hmm. real mom daughter moment do you still think my cussing's cute or are you over it your cussing doesn't bother me. I don't think it's... You used it's, to think it was cute, though. There were some years where I thought it was real cute. Because when you were younger, of course you weren't cussing. And I wasn't showing my true cussing colors when you were growing up either. Of course not. Yes. That would be silly. Yeah. But I've been known to have the mouth of a sailor. So. Me too. Now, podcast, good thing we're doing this early in the journey. So people know where I'm getting my potty mouth. Mm. right here from my mama i got it from my mom i didn't model that for you at home okay i I definitely think you contribute to how much i think that's probably probably in my college years i think it's when we started cussing up a storm together nature over nurture that's also something that bonded us okay it's probably in your dna throwing the f-bombs around i have a calling people c words (gasps) no c words (laughs) What's the C word, Dana? What? I mean, Crazy. listen. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. I mean, I chaotic. Did to, I did go to some sorority fraternity parties <laughs> where I can imagine that word was thrown around. Uh, it's a term of endearment in Australia. But, sure is. Um, <laughs> I have a vivid memory of my childhood where I was downstairs playing. Well, this isn't about you. This is about my childhood. You're right. I'm you can done. tell it when your mom's on. True. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I'm feeling sassy. Yeah. Sassy? Um, there's a vivid childhood memory I have of playing Xbox Live in my basement, and I was talking to my friends and swearing a little bit, and my mom yelled down the stairs so my friends mm. could hear her mm-hmm. through my mic. She goes, Stop fucking swearing. <laughs> and I go, that's just about the best thing that's I've ever amazing. heard. That's awesome. I love that. I Shout love out, mom. Shout, Shout out, out to all the moms. Amy, Shout thank you so Amy. much for our Easter basket. Yeah, that was so, so excited cute. to try all those trinkets. So my mom sends me this this box today. It's it's Easter. It's gonna be Easter weekend. This this episode's gonna come out the on Easter, Easter Sunday. Yes. The Easter episode. Oh my gosh. Jesus will have risen. Wow. So when by the time you're listening to this, I don't know if you've heard, but he's risen. He's risen. Oh baby. Breaking news. You heard it here first. Oh, he's risen. Um, so go around and spread the good news today. But anyways, my mom sends me, um, the Easter box today and I'm looking at these socks. I love those socks. And I had a little bit of like a, a a really nice moment upstairs putting these socks on where I think, so my mom sends me things like this. And when I'm around my mom, I kind of get reminded of who I am. 
you know? Mm. And so I'm putting these, and I just always kind of feel that when I'm around my mom and she'll say things and I find similarities between us. Mm. And it's kind of a good reminder of who I am because we both have moms who don't live in the same state as us. Mm -hmm. So Dana does not get to see you much. I don't get to see my mom much. I'm putting these socks on. These socks say, they've got a picture of a fox on them and it says zero fox given Mm -hmm. and they're just really silly and i was putting them on upstairs i was like this is who i am man i'm at at my core i'm just a silly dude you know (laughs) had a hard day at work i was all stressed out but at my core i'm just a silly dude who likes wearing zero fox given socks you're just a silly goofy guy Mm -hmm. do you likes fox on his socks do you feel that way around your mom do you ever feel like being around your mom reminds you of who you are a little bit Maybe not in like the things she says, but it's you have you're familiar to me. Like you give me a sense of home. So when I'm around you, I feel like a little bit more grounded and connected to like my inner child. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Do you feel connected to your inner child yeah. around your mom? Yes. Absolutely. It kind of brings you back to that childlike yeah you used to be and especially in college Mm -hmm. when i'd come home for breaks or you know yeah breaks Mm -hmm. summer thanksgiving christmas whatever i'd come home and i would fully Mm -hmm. break down like sometimes it would be crying Mm -hmm. for days Mm -hmm. i just needed to be held by my mom Mm -hmm. And sometimes it was in the form of, like, I just need to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Like, I need you to bring me things. I need you to get me things. So I just you'd come home you from college and just, me. like, cry for days? Mm-hmm. At times, yeah. I, and I wanted to specifically Were cry you concerned? Like, what in her arms. On? Like, I needed to really, like, let it all out. Because in college, you don't have a lot of opportunity to feel your feelings and internalize your experiences and it's all so new and you're on your own for the first time a lot of fight or flight and you're living with someone in college in the same room your first year you know right and even if it's your best friend you can't cry yourself to sleep she would come home and i after the first couple of visits home i was like oh i need to clear a lot of my schedule the first few days because she needed me and she you know she but she was also able to verbally say I just need to be taken care of and so I would just take care of her and you know do the laundry get the food sit and watch the tv let her cry let her process the shit that had gone down and since the last time I saw her and I always felt honored that she felt safe enough to be doing all of that with me Mm mm-hmm that's amazing. And thank you for making my question way better than it was. That was an average question at best. And you rephrased it and made it so much better. And so thank you. My pleasure. That's why I'm here. Thanks for carrying us. Um, <laughs> you said you didn't go to college, but you did end up going to college. Yeah. Well, I mean, I left high school and I went to community college. Mm-hmm. And the first couple of years, I flunked out of everything because I was only going because my mom said she would keep paying my bills if I went to school. Mm. So that's how much fun I was. She knew your motivators. Yeah. Um, And then I met Dawn and we were still going to college and then we got married. And I mean, I took probably eight to 10 years to get my bachelor's because then I have kids and I don't want to leave during the day. So Dawn and I would trade the kids off in the parking lot. Um, I'd take the three to six class once a week. He'd take the six to nine. Like we went to school and we ended up graduating together. And so, yes, I got my bachelor's. And then when I got divorced, I decided, well, I better get a master's degree. I need to up yeah, my, my skill Yeah, my mama set. got her master's. Yeah. She mama year? with a master's. What year? What she educated. Educated. What year did you finish school? Which one? The master's. 2017. So early t- early 2000s into 2010s, one of the sickest burns out there mm-hmm. was your mom goes to college. Yes. Did you get that a lot, or did you did you have anybody doing the sick burn of 
your mom goes to college because she quite literally was going to college at that point? Well, I was in college at the time. Oh, so we went to college together. We yeah. basically were went to college at the same time. Yeah, baby. Um, but no, but it, that's always been something we've said in the house. Like as we'd like do our own digs, we're like, oh yeah, your mom goes to college. Like, that's my Wi-Fi password. No <laughs> yeah, it is. No it actually is. Yeah. Your mom goes to college. Um, there is a myth that I need to bust with you. Sure. So I have it in my head that during middle school or high school, I was addicted to Coca-Cola. And there was a time where you, I would not get out of bed for school unless you woke me up with a cold sizzling glass of Coca-Cola. This is like a, I I hope it's not true. And can you, I hope it's not true. Explain this in your experience. Did you, or did you not have to wake Dana up with a Coca-Cola in the morning during high school? I did hear this on the podcast. And is it true? Tell me it's not. And I make it. I really thought about it. And let me tell you, to be totally transparent, I can see myself doing this. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe. I may have created a monster in some way. <laughs> listen, a little listen, bubbly you, monster. You two can judge me when you have kids this age, okay? But if your kid will get up because you brought them a Coca-Cola, you'll bring them a Coca-Cola. Oh, no! Oh, yeah. You will. Now, you fancy asses will probably bring them an Olipop or something, right? (laughs) But back in the day, we didn't have that. And so, now I will tell you, I probably didn't like it. And I can probably tell you it didn't last very long because it's not a real solid memory. But I've got a little bit of an inkling of remembering this. What I also know to be true is everybody has a perspective on what their life was like. And I would never say to anyone that their memory was invalid. Even when I tell you I never remember you cooking? Well, I mean, I know I cooked. That's my truth. Okay. So there's a thing. Just because you don't remember. I remember you cooking, just not often. Hey. Yeah. Not as often as yeah. Let me just tell all you, you should have all you moms out there. <laughs> if you're working all day and trying to come home to cook a meal, like what are you doing with your life? You now have services. Hello Fresh, all these services. Sponsor. If I would have had those services, my family would have ate better. Were they fed? They were fed. They, yeah, we were Hashtag fed. water platter. Hashtag water platter. Joe has his hand up. That's what he needs to do now to get a word in edgewise. Yeah, yeah. I have resorted to the raised hand method. Yeah. Um, but uh, I can only speak from my experience mm-hmm. with mom's cooking, mm-hmm. Tammy's cooking. Mm-hmm. And all I'll say is, every time I'm down in the OC, I'm getting homemade omelets in the morning mm-hmm. and every then, day, and chicken enchiladas at night. Yeah, my mom's so that's all chicken I'm enchiladas. Slap. That's all I'm saying. So, Slap. you're welcome, Joe. Thank you. Yeah, there was a lot of eating out. There was a lot of you guys love chilies. We did a lot of chilies. Mm. I joke with people that chilies held our family together three years longer than it should have. <laughs> that and, and the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, I mean, come on. You know. Now, I will say that probably the biggest, the, the thing that, I'm sure your dad has lots of things he can complain about me about. But Don't you fucking shut your fucking mouth down. But talk about my mom. Yeah. Your name and you're gonna get and I can complain <laughs> plenty about Dawn, right? There I mean, when you live with somebody a long time, you can focus on all their amazing qualities or you can forget those and focus on some of the negative things. The choice is yours. Totally. However, we hired a Perfect. lot of stuff out, which also included eating out. When I look back, I only have two regrets of my parenting. One was I do wish that I would have, now that I understand, and mostly because of Greg, I understand the connection that can be made in the kitchen Mm. in a way that I did not when I was raising kids. What do you mean connection? Well, like Greg likes to cook, and so he... When we started dating, he would automatically, oh, we're going to make breakfast together. We're going to put this to, to whatever we were making and eating, we were doing it together. And, you know, when you're new in a relationship, sometimes you're doing things you maybe don't want to do or aren't comfortable with just because you want to be with that person. 
But what I learned from that experience is I really do enjoy being in the kitchen with mm-hmm. him. And had I had the skill set to bring my kids into that, I might have then enjoyed it more and passed that along to them. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have the skill set. So first regret was? Was I wish that I would have. Not having a culture community in the kitchen. Yeah. So Love. really the message So really the message here is women should be spending more time in the kitchen. <laughs> yep. And then the other one is I wish I would have just played more with my kids. Aww. Like Dana I remember you playing Barbies with me a lot. I would I would come and I would play Barbies and I would really be I loved to play Barbies when I was a kid with my friends and I had this great Barbie house for her and she had all the best Barbie stuff, the Barbie car and the Barbie, the everything. And I would go up and sit with her and I would try to conjure that imagination of what that was like. And I just couldn't like uh, always yeah. bring it to light. I was always like, mom, like you're supposed to say this. Yeah. She was kind of always having to tell me like how to act out this. Like I couldn't get to my inner child. No mom, you're supposed Aww. to say this. Yeah. So I would oftentimes, <laughs> I would oftentimes, which is why, I mean, there was a lot of game playing because that I was comfortable with and I could do. Um, so you I would, couldn't tap into your imagination. I couldn't. And so sometimes I would just sit and like change the clothes of the Barbies for her because that's, you know, mm-hmm. she'd want a clothes change. Yeah. And so I would sit and do that kind of thing with her. Mm-hmm. And I would, I, and you know, that is. No, mom, she's sleeping. That Barbie is supposed to be getting her hair done. <laughs> what are you not getting about this? Yeah. <laughs> so there were a lot of scripts that I could not follow. So. Going back, I don't know how I could have done that better, but like I could have jumped on the trampoline more. I could have gotten in the pool more. I could have, you know, also same thing with the cooking thing. And and this is, I know this is not unique to me because I have many, many girlfriends and we all agree that we would have just spent more time, even though in many, many moments I was telling myself, unpack your suitcase, be here, right here, right now, right here, right now. And I was really in it. You just... I have a counter argument. Can never get enough of that. I have a counter argument. Well, I do think you did lack imagination. Yeah. Where you really thrived with being playful is my birthday party themes. Yeah. Those, my birthday parties were off the motherfucker. they were so cool i had a legendary one that i literally bring up probably it comes up in conversation like once every three months you bring it up so much i know what you're gonna say my go ahead what is it the fear factor birthday my fear factor birthday Mm -hmm. party Mm -hmm. so my mom creates and i was obsessed it was a great party and you set up challenges for all the kids And I'm sure it was so entertaining for the adults, too, to watch these kids, like, do these crazy things. Mm -hmm. But I remember one of the challenges is you had a bucket of, like, raw noodles. Mm -hmm. And it had real worms in them. Mm -hmm. And we had to try, we had to get all the marbles out of the buckets and, like, put our hands in worms. It was legit. Like, my mom. I was not. I thought you were going to say you made them eat them. I thought you were going to say they had to eat the wormy soup. Noodle fucking soup. around she was with not my parties. Around. Yeah, didn't kids like throw up and shit? Yeah, yeah. There was another. That was the uh, spinach <laughs> I'm so challenge. Proud. That was a spinach challenge. Yeah. I remember all the parents laughing. No one was doing anything. All these kids are throwing <laughs> up raw spinach, and everyone's just standing there watching us, like laughing, like cheersing each other. It was like, amazing. Wow. It was great. I mean, that now lit. they might call that child abuse now, but. <laughs> Back then, that was fun. Uh-huh. That's what we call good old-fashioned good time. Yeah. It ain't a party until a little kid throws up. Yeah. No. And not everybody got a trophy. Ain't that the truth. That's not how I raised That's her. not how the world works, kids. No. But everybody no. got a vomit bag. They did. And we had a kitty cat uh, litter box. Cake. Cake. And it was in a real litter box that yeah. my mom got from like Petco. She put a cake in it with like Grand Cracker on top and melted Tootsie Rolls on top. So it looked like little boops. Looked like little <laughs> poops. The poops were I was were like, give me that poop cake Ew, and stuff. dude. So yeah, sick. it was so gross. You had a poop cake. Yeah. I had a poop cake. I ate, I ate shit on my birthday. <laughs> 
You're in big trouble, though, pal. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for my birthday. So I've been having to raise my fucking hand to get into the conversation. <laughs> Can this guy leave already? Jeez. <laughs> but in the process of raising next my hand. time you go away on a trip or something, I'll come. Dane and I'll do the podcast while you're away. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah. If we Stand take, in co-host. Sorry, it, go. If we edit all of my lines out of this podcast, the podcast is going to be two minutes shorter. <laughs> But anyways, I'm having to raise my hand to get yeah. into the conversation. And yeah. sometimes we're not answering you. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of hands that have gone unanswered. Really? I oh, yeah. Notice. Oh, yeah. Because the subject changed like twice. I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> it's over. That thought's gone. Oh, we love you, Joe. Thanks. Anyways, so in the process of me raising my hand mm-hmm. to butt into the conversation, I start thinking about school and you're in education. Yeah. We brought it up briefly throughout the podcast, but we haven't really talked about it too much. Mm-hmm. But... Last night, I'm here by myself, and, you know, I'm thinking, what what should I watch? I, you know, all of the thing, all of the shows I watch, I watch with Dana. At nighttime, this big brown sack turns into Binge City. <laughs> big brown binge. <laughs> and so I turn on Jon Stewart's news politics show hmm. on Apple TV. Okay. And it's basically talking about World War Three. You know, World War Three is coming. He's mm-hmm. talking to all these different, you know, UN representatives and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, yeah, we don't think it's going to happen, but yay, you know maybe the problems of our generation will get saddled with the youth and they're, they're going to have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. So as someone who's in the education system mm-hmm. is working with our youth, Oh gosh. Should America mm-hmm. have faith in mm. the youth of today? Mm. I think the generation behind you guys is taking no shit. And I think that, um, I think that you're going to see kind of the same kind of revolutionary things that we saw in the 60s. A lot of marching, a lot of protests by young people. Um, People upset with the rich get richer, the poor get poor, not enough opportunities for them. Um, And nobody's buying the bullshit anymore. We know that the government is bought and paid for. And that stuff can't be hidden anymore because of all the social media platforms we have now. We don't just rely on specific news outlets to tell us what's happening. There's just so much more information out there. And so I don't think the generation coming up, what I see in our school systems, um, I'm very happy about. Um, I think that we see kids that are more apt to speak up for themselves and to advocate for themselves. And not necessarily just because their parents are big advocators of them. And what, you know, we had the helicopter parent era. Now we have the bulldozer parent. Um, But what I see is a generation of children that are going to be able to rise up and do what's right for our country. So what I'm hearing is we are going to kick Russia's I wasn't even talking about war. I was actually... Vladimir Putin, you should be shaking in your boots right now if you're even wearing them, you old... Oh, God. Oh, shit. We'll cut that part out. out. A little too much. I'm scared of them. What is it about the school system that you... Is is it anything about the school system that's changed that is bringing about this new generation of badasses? Yeah, there is. And and it might just be more specific to the West Coast, East Coast. Um, But the students in the school system now are experiencing more of what we term personalized learning. Kids are advocating and learning how to critically think more than just the classroom, 30 kids in a seat, indoctrination all day about whatever the textbook says. Like we're trying to teach the kids to be creative, to be collaborative, to be community focused and driven. And that's what's changed in the education system, at least the ones that I'm involved in. Mm. That's really cool. That's incredible. So to personalize their learning, like can they say like, I don't really like I like history a lot more than English, so I want to take more history classes. 
Well, like how do they personalize? Something? Let's say a student needs to do a project on something. They're going to get to pick what they're interested in versus everybody's doing a mission project. Oh. Everybody's doing this or everybody. And I am talking but about. Would it, would it have to be on theme? It would have like to hit certain standards. Yeah, it mm. would have to hit maybe certain standards. They would be given a scope, the kinds of topics that, you know, they need to cover or whatever that may be. But it's not going to be everybody's doing a mission project. Everybody's studying a certain Indian tribe. Everybody's, it's deeper. It's more critical thinking. Like, how did the missions actually affect the development of California? Rather than we're going to build a mission mm. and talk about how somehow that's still honored in the state. Yeah. We've talked about a lot. We've talked about your and Dana's relationship. We've talked about your past. We talked about the HTBTs. We've talked about what the future could look like. Talked about the the nation's youth and the future (laughs) of our country. But if there's one thing Mm. you'd like the listeners to take from this podcast, Mm -hmm. if they could only remember one thing, Mm. what should people take from this episode? That's such a hard question. One thing. That's why we ask it. We're here to ask the hard hitting questions, folks. I think it's the the part about being present and being where you are. I've enjoyed being right here on this big brown sack with you badasses this evening and telling our stories and getting to know each other better. I love it. That's what we should take. Chef's freaking kiss. Couldn't have said it better myself. Wow, Tammy. Thanks for having me, you guys. I love you. Incredible. We love you. Thanks so much for listening. This has been episode nine. Nine Mm -hmm. on nine. This has been episode nine of the Big Brown Sack. Tune in next week when we have our friend um, Ryan. RT. RT on the podcast. Tune in next week. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.